Hello, my friends, and welcome to Worship for Carmen United Church on January 24th of 2021. I'm the pastor of this church, Reverend Nick Phillips, and I'm so glad you've joined us for worship this day. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for today. We thank you that we gather together for worship as always. Although it may not be what we're familiar with from years gone by, God, we're, we are so thankful that we still gather and worship and praise you today. So may you bless this time of worship. We offer this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished, astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him, and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as we gather in your presence today, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. My name is Nick Phillips. If that's all the information you have, it doesn't tell you a whole lot about who I am. I also have a title, The Reverend, that tells you a little bit more, but not a whole lot else. It tells you what I do, but not much more. I also carry a number of roles and titles in my life. I am a father, a son, a brother, a husband. These tell you a little bit more about me, who I am. But then you dig a little bit deeper, coach, referee, programmer, leader, singer, these begin to fill out a little bit more about who I am, but even by learning these things, you still don't know a whole lot about me as a person. Sure, you know some now, and you can maybe start to put together some kind of picture, but you don't really know me. There's a big difference between general knowledge of someone and an intimate understanding of a person. This difference can be substantial when it comes to really communicating and really understanding who we are as a people. When we look at the encounter Jesus is having in our reading from the Gospel of Mark today, we see how this difference of understanding begins to play itself out. The reading begins with Jesus heading into the temple on the Sabbath and, and teaching to the, to the crowd that has gathered around. And how does Mark say the people respond to his teaching? It says, And they were astonished at his teaching, for he, for he taught them as one who had authority, 
and not as the scribes. They recognize Jesus as someone who has a deeper understanding of what he is teaching. We might say that the, the scribes the scribes are in teaching are teaching from their interpretation of scriptures. But Jesus is teaching them from an understanding of them. Do you see do you see a difference? It might be like uh, if I were to teach you about how how to give birth. I can read books on giving birth. I've even been in the room while birth has been happening. But whose teaching are you going to trust more? Mine or a mother who has read those same books but has actually given birth? Jesus was there when the scriptures were being written. When the stories were even unfolding, Jesus was there. He knows what the people went through. Why? Because we know Jesus was with God in the very beginning. When Jesus comes to earth, he carries those experiences, that knowledge with him. The scribes are simply reading the scriptures and studying them. Now, don't get me wrong, they know them very well. But Jesus has experienced it. Thus, the people recognize Jesus is teaching with an authority they have never seen before. Because he's teaching from experience. This authority is important to notice, especially in what comes next. And what comes next is is a man walks into the synagogue, and this man has an unclean spirit in him. He's, He's possessed in some way. From within the man, the spirit calls out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come To destroy us, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Let's let's sit on this for a moment. A man enters into the place where Jesus is teaching. A stranger, we can assume. And he immediately confronts Jesus. This is not a cordial encounter. They're not talking about weather or or the latest news. The man is talking about life and death. Have you come to destroy us? By us, he's talking about the spirit himself and the man. Now, this man, the spirit, identifies Jesus by his homeland. He indicates he knows who he is. He knows where he's from. This, I suppose, is not all that uncommon, really. Often people are identified from where they come or, or, or by their birth family, by their father. I suppose he could have said, I know who you are, Jesus, son of Joseph. But by using Nazareth, we're indicating something else. Nazareth has significance. In a number of places in the Bible, it indicates that people from Nazareth are not very welcome. They're not held in high esteem. They're even maybe considered a bit backwards. You know, the term we might use today might be to call them trashy. <coughs> well, there's no specific, specific Old Testament prophecy that says Jesus is going to come from Nazareth, that the Messiah will come from Nazareth. We do hear that he would be despised, hated, rejected, and held in low esteem. 
Now, the people of Nazareth would certainly be treated in this way. Think about John chapter 1, verse 46, where Nathanael says, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? We're hearing echoes of this disdain in the man with the evil spirit. But even by accusing Jesus as being from undesi- some undesirable place, what does he say? He says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now the people, they've just heard Jesus teach in the synagogue. And they recognize Jesus as a great teacher with authority. But no one has called him anything more than that until the man with the unclean spirit enters into the synagogue. When they come in, then we see something change. It is the spirit within the man that recognizes Jesus. The spirit sees more than what the men and the women who are around in the synagogue see. It recognizes Jesus as who he really is, not a teacher, but the Messiah. And the spirit knows what Jesus is capable of because he asks, have you come to destroy us? Now talk about authority. The people recognize Jesus as one who teaches with authority. But the evil spirit sees so much more. It knows Jesus has the authority and the power to destroy it. That Jesus has power and authority over life and death. Now how's that for one having authority? Mark says Jesus rebukes the spirit. And says this, be silent and come out of him. In other words, shut up and go away. And the spirit comes out of the man to be heard of no longer. Yet tortures the man in the process. Now Jesus did indeed destroy the spirit, but he saved the man. There is no destroying us, the man and the spirit. But just the spirit was destroyed. Now the spirit thought he had a pretty good place, he had a pretty good home to live in. Is it, you know, when, when it controlled the man. But Jesus was able to separate them, to split them apart. Saving the man from the spirit that controlled him. And again, the people were amazed. Even more so than before. They say, what is this? A new teaching with authority, he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. So not only has Jesus taught them with an impressive amount of authority in the scriptures, but he's got even more to offer. He has authority over unclean and evil spirits. Usually it's the spirits that have the upper hand. Otherwise, the man would have not had a spirit within him in the first place. So here's essentially what happened. The spirit recognized Jesus for who he was. And the authority and the power he holds. We know this because Jesus was named for exactly who he was. Despite they they never talked beforehand. It knew Jesus was from Nazareth. It knew Jesus 
was the Holy One of God. It saw this in him. It recognized him. It saw his power. It saw his authority. And it feared him. Jesus, in rebuking the spirit, basically said, Yeah, you're right. And now go away. And it left, never to be seen again. In his response, Jesus identified the spirit and took authority over it and commanded it to leave. I bet you wish you could do that. Well, let me tell you, you can. You can take authority over the evil influences in your life and command them to leave. You can do the same for your sin. These things, these evil influences, our sin, these are the things that want to destroy, to destroy God's plan, to destroy our lives. Whatever they can get into, their intent is to destroy. We cannot let them have this power. We have to name them for what they are and take authority authority over them in the name of Jesus. John 16 verses 23 to 24 say, In that day you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, so that your joy may be made full. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, it says, And this is the confidence we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. And finally, in John chapter 14, 12 to 14, Jesus says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So what are those things in our lives that seek to control us, seek to destroy us, that seek to keep us from entering into and living the life God has in store for us? I would like to encourage you to spend some time in prayer about this. We all have things in our lives which limit how well we can follow Jesus Christ as the Savior and the Lord of our lives. He wants to cast out those evil influences and bring us into a powerful, intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. Pray that God will reveal to you these things. And when he does, name them for what they are and cast them out in the name of Jesus Christ. No sin is too small nor too great that the name of Jesus cannot remove it from your life. The man who came to Jesus with that evil spirit within him, he was tortured. 
His life was horrible. He needed to be released from the spirit that held him in bondage so he could live the life God had for him. We also need to be released from those things in our lives so that we can live the life God has for us. Now, sure, we may not quite be tortured by the sin in our life, but it impacts our ability to receive the love God has for us. It's not that God loves us less when we sin or have evil in our life. He doesn't. It's just that our sin blinds us to seeing how freely he offers it and just how close it truly is. Jesus has shown that he has power and authority over all things. And by his promise, we have access to that same power so that we may receive the love of God in our own lives and receive the healing he brings. May we be set free by the powerful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and receive all God has for us today and every day. Amen. I invite you now to join me for a time of prayer. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the gift of your infinite love in our lives. For sending Jesus into this world to show that evil influences, that sin and, and, and hatred and, and greed and pride, they have no control over us if we trust in you. If we turn to you if we, if we come to you in the name of Jesus, declaring freedom. God, we thank you for this gift of love in our lives, that you will set us free from those things that harm us, those things that draw us away from you. And as those things leave our bodies, we know that your love will fill in the gap. And we give you thanks. Lord, we pray today for so many things. We pray for, for the illness in our world. And in particular, of course, COVID. Lord, we pray for those uh, employees of the ferries, of, Bay Ferry, of, 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 of the Newfoundland Ferry God, of the Blue Petite. Lord, we pray for those who have been impacted over the last couple of weeks. We pray for their protection. We pray for their healing. We pray for their co-workers and the travelers who have been on the boat over that time that they too may be protected and or healed from the virus. God, we pray for the protection of our frontline workers, our doctors and nurses, our paramedics, our home care workers, our grocery store clerks, our, everybody, God, that we meet on a daily basis. We pray that they will be safe and well. Lord, we also pray today for those who are sick with other illnesses, with cancers or diseases or other things that are impacting their life. Mental health issues, God, we pray. We pray for their comfort. We pray for their healing. We pray too for those who mourn the loss of loved ones 
as we remember those in our own church family who have lost loved ones of late. Lord, we pray for comfort and peace and strength in their lives. God, we pray for uh, President Joe Biden and, and as he enters into his administration as president. Lord, may you guide him and his the people around him as they seek to bring healing to a divided nation. We pray for our own government, uh, for our Prime Minister and all of our MPs. Lord, we pray that, it's, especially in this tumultuous week of, of, of changes in, the, in Rideau Hall, of the changing of our Governor General, God, we pray as they vet and seek out a new Governor General for our nation. God, we pray for our province. We pray for those who are putting their name forward, who have put their name forward to be the next premier of our province. God, may you guide their hearts. May you give them wisdom and knowledge. May you show them where you are at work and may they respond to the needs of those that you lift up in need of care. God, we just lift all these prayers to you. Prayers for our loved ones. Prayers for ourselves. We lift them all to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.